Suncast is brought to you by SunGrow, providing clean power for all. Suncast is also brought to you by Trina Solar. Hey there, Solar Warriors. I'm Nico Johnson, and this is Suncast. Each week, I pull back the veil on the life and business insights of clean tech entrepreneurs building the most noble and impactful companies of our time. I hope what you learn from this conversation is a catalyst for your own growth. So thanks for tuning in and welcome to our tribe. Hey there, welcome back, Solar Warriors. So glad to have you with us this week. Happy holidays to those of you who are catching up on your backlog of Suncast if it is the week before Christmas when this originally publishes or if Christmas has already come and gone. Either way, hope that you have had an enjoyable holiday season and are in fact getting settled in to the end of the year. As we head into the end of the year, it's often filled with a lot of stories, a lot of time traditionally spent around the table, around the cocktail happy hours with our friends reminiscing and uh, telling tall tales. I thought it'd be fun as we have so many stories on the solar coaster to tell some tall tales, <laughs> some true tales. And as such, wanted to bring back an old friend. Hey, if you're new here to Suncast, thank you for taking the time out of your busy, busy schedule to explore something new. I hope that you'll find something you like something that contributes to your career, something that sparks an idea and interest in you, and you'll come back and join us again. And if you've been coming back again and again for more than 300 episodes, I'm so grateful for you as well. Perhaps you are one of those who's been with us from the beginning, then you'll recognize today's guest, Mr. TJ Kanjuseski of Innovatus Solar. We're going to dive into some of his war stories, battle-tested from the front lines. And if you do dig these episodes and this is your first time or first few times checking it out, then I'd encourage you to head over to mysuncast.com where we've got more than 300 founder stories and startup advice that can help guide your solar business or career. You can also register to work with me or to be a sponsor or just to get a notification every time we've got a new episode that drops every Tuesday and Thursday, as we often do, and sometimes on Fridays. For now, why don't you settle back with whatever beverage or activity you are enjoying right now as we enjoy some more stories from a fellow solar warrior, my friend TJ, here on Suncast. All right, solar warriors. If you've been following along back in the double-digit interviews of Suncast, I brought today's guest in to talk about his journey taking on a family business and growing it into a prominent solar developer. That entrepreneur's name is TJ Kanchuzeski. He and I have built a friendship since then that led me into the world of a very prolific entrepreneur and thinker who has, as many of us have, gone through a number of battles. I would dare say he's battle-tested. And we've got the idea that it'd be fun to bring TJ back on the show and talk about some of these war stories. TJ is a founding member of the company I mentioned, Innovatus Solar in South Bend, Indiana, since 2007. He wrote a book that if you haven't read yet, I would highly recommend you check out. It's called Building a Brilliant Tomorrow. Some of the stories from that book are going to make their way into our conversation 
But first, let me welcome TJ back to the Suncast stage. TJ, so good to see you again, brother. Miko, it's great to be here. I'm such a big fan of Suncast. And as you mentioned, we've become good friends. We share business tools and books together. So it's a pleasure to be back on Suncast. And for those who aren't sure if they've ever met TJ, well, if you've ever gone to a famous SPI Next Tracker party and you thought, gosh, who's that guy pounding the keyboard over there? He is amazing. Well, that, my friends, is TJ. TJ and his family of musicians are uh, at least famous in the solar circles for their musical skills and accolades. And it's been fun, fun, fun to watch you perform at the Solar Pioneer Party we had in Northern California. And man, we've got some some good memories and they're steeped in the tradition of music melding with the solar industry. One other really interesting thing that I want to bring out right here in the beginning is that since our interview, you've gone on to do some interesting work that I'd like to highlight with an organization called Geoversity. Now, for those who are not familiar, I'll ask TJ to share a little bit about it. But the really interesting thing for me is that many of you will recognize the name Vern Harnish. Why? Because I did my very first book study here on Suncast on Scaling Up, the book that Vern made famous uh, about his methodology and the Gazelle's method of consulting and helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses. And TJ has had the distinct honor of working with Vern since our last interview. TJ, tell me, how did that come about? 2017, I was at one of Vern's events. He invited those who were you know, environmentalists, conservationists, or love the outdoors on a trip down to Panama. Sure enough, you know, I, I, I jumped on a plane, went down with, I think it was a group of about 40 people at the time, people I didn't know, and uh, went to Panama. Part of the trip was going to what's called the Mamani Valley Preserve, which is a primary rainforest preserve in central Panama. And it's actually in the part of the country where the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean are closest to each other. I was there with David Meerman Scott, who's a marketing guru and others, but it was it was a really fun, intimate time. And I really fell in love with the preserve in, in Panama. And so that kind of led to me getting further involved, further interactions with Vern and trying to help grow the efforts of the preserve. What's interesting about what we're doing there is we're trying to make it different than just, you know, a nonprofit organization doing conservation work. We're trying to to really use it as a laboratory where business people and entrepreneurs can come down there and learn from nature certain things that they can take back with them and apply to their business. So it's a primary rainforest. It's about 13,000 acres. There's 830 endangered species that make the preserve their home. It's just a living laboratory for business people to see what we can take away from nature. As human beings, we often make things so difficult and we're searching for answers and the answers have been there for millions of years. It's a twofer. It's a, you know, save this biodiversity hotspot. But at the same time, let's make our businesses better and smarter and learn from nature. For those who haven't spent time maybe with you or on your LinkedIn or getting to know you, one of the things that inspires me about TJ is he stepped away from not Innovatus, but from the CEO role at Innovatus to help stand Geoversity up as the CEO. He's also working 
at a local level as a trustee for the Nature Conservancy in Indiana and a member, a board member for another local botanical garden in the area. TJ is one of these guys who truly cares about the culture around him and how he can help to influence and mold and sort of push it in the right direction. I think that is evident as well in the way that you guys have built Innovatus. So I'd like to spend some time today looking at the value of seeds that are planted, how certain moments in a CEO's life, you get the opportunity to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat, how you can do everything right and still have things fall apart, and how the smallest element in a deal can potentially bring ruin. Can you, TJ, give me a sense of the amount of chaos and insight one can learn when you contemplate the impacts of mice? Yeah, sure. And it's funny that today in 2020, I can laugh about this because (laughs) three years ago, I was probably very close to crying (laughs) about this. So Innovatus is working on a a large utility-scale project in the Midwest with a a well-known Midwestern utility. And, you know, the project was, you know, at that finishing stage where we had tested all the inverters and, and everything was working great. And so we were going through the commissioning process. And, and while we were doing that, in a couple of the inverters, there were some mouse droppings that were found. And, uh, you know, we had the inverter manufacturer, you know, a representative from, from the utility, our, our project team and, and our subcontractors out there as well. So the mouse droppings... Got their attention, but it, it kind of started off, it, it was like a, a chain reaction where the inverter manufacturer, like, well, that's not good. That violates our warranty. And as we're commissioning the system, like we need to stop. And has this happened to any other inverter? So there was a look at just a couple inverters out of 75 next to them. And they found the same thing in a, in a couple inverters. Ended up being an isolated case. But anyhow, it quickly escalated into, oh, this must be the case for all these inverters. It's going to void the warranty. And so we need 75 new inverters. And it was, you know, an instance where, you know, I wish I could be there to keep things calm, but it just, it just kind of, it was just one of those things just like escalated so quick. As the CEO, how were you informed that this was escalating and becoming a problem? We were actually in a leadership meeting. We have quarterly offsite leadership meetings that we have. And our head of operations at the time, you know, got got the message, you know, took a phone call and then, you know, quickly brought it to everybody's attention. And it kind of, you know, we, it, it quickly became the focus of our meeting for the rest of the day. Which is interesting because if you've been involved in leadership meetings, they can be these collegial kumbaya moments where we're talking about what went right, what went poorly, how we, how we navigate that, what are our plans for the upcoming year? It's generally an opportunity offsite to infuse a sense of courage and confidence into the team. And here comes this calamity right in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, a big part of getting the leadership team together is what's important now. How do we need, you know, to take care of things for that quarter, for that portion of the year, you know, planning for, for future years. So yeah, it was, I guess it was probably a good thing that we were all together 
But at the same time, this kind of escalated quickly on the job site, came to us and escalated quickly within the leadership team. And it took a lot of work to calm everybody down and to what I like to call is, is getting to the, the line of logic. And what I mean by the line of logic is I, I just have this visual in my head where there's just this a horizontal line. You know, emotions can head in either either direction, up or down. You can get super negative about something or super positive about something, right? So you can be doom and gloom or pie in the sky. But if you can keep those emotions cool, calm, and collected, you can get as close to that line of logic as possible where you're dealing with facts, details, what's truly happening. So it took about a week <laughs> to, to, to get to the line of, of logic. There was a sense that for a minute there that it was going to be asked of us to replace 75 inverters, right? And, and that was uh, double digits in the millions at the time of a replacement. And, and so, I mean, this, this took getting the, the customer, the manufacturer, our team, our subcontractors together and in walking through step-by-step step what the actual facts were. And, and the facts, number one, was that there were just, I think, three, maybe four inverters that had this happen. And so we eliminated 71. <laughs> you know, that immediately brought everybody's blood pressure way down. And then it was going through the steps of ensuring that we were going to do what was needed to honor the warranty with the manufacturer for those inverters. And we ended up doing was we got like a hazmat crew that came out and swabbed every inverter. Yeah. At that point we went above and beyond and we kind of tracked how this happened. Do you find the mice? That's what I'm wondering. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we kind of tracked this back and there weren't too many utility projects in the Midwest of this size. I think it was, it was the largest at the time. And the inverters got delivered in the spring. This was a utility on site. It was previously a soybean, used uh, as a soybean field, right? So the inverters got there in the spring. They were, you know, protected and wrapped the way that we were supposed to, but mice had made this site their home. They were used to the site being a certain way for a long period Undisturbed, of time. Undisturbed, so yeah. We talked about nature earlier, but uh, nature was just doing its thing. and in a couple instances, just kind of found their way in. And the other thing is they hadn't been like living in there for a long period of time. I think they just kind of stumbled in. And anytime a mouse, this has led me to learn a lot about mice, but anytime a mouse goes anywhere, you know, mice are continually pooping. So you can always tell like where a mouse has been. And so it hadn't been there for a long period of time. Number one, this has never happened to innovators again. We've, We've made sure of that. And we're able to kind of build some relationships, even though this, you know, at one point in when this happened, seemed like it could be a doom and gloom scenario for Innovatus. And I'm sure, you know, as we move forward in the future, there's going to be things like that that happen again. You mentioned that there aren't a lot of sites, and certainly at this time, of this scale. How early in the Innovatus development cycle was this project in terms of like, largest project ever or what have you. And then also the corollary that, as I assume, the utilities also were relatively inexperienced with large solar sites. How did that paradigm come into play? There's a lot of things there 
that are linked to the chaos that the hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the utility's first time. I would say they, they did some very small R and D projects, you know, probably 500 KW. And this yeah. was, this was 60 megawatts. Six zero. Six zero. <laughs> That's quite a jump. Yeah. So it's quite a jump. And, and so, yeah, it was, it was their first rodeo. We started the paperwork on the project at the end of 2015. So it was a, a 2016 construction project that went into the early part of 2017 and, and it got wrapped up in, in you know mid-2017. And again, it's, it's crazy how we've grown as a company mm-hmm. since then. And, and now we're working on you know, projects that are still anywhere from a, a couple megawatts on the commercial side up to 400 megawatts on the utility side. Somebody was telling me the other day that when you work in solar, you age in dog years and companies grow and experience in dog years. And so it's crazy that that was just, you know, three years ago that we had that situation. It seems like 10 years ago to me. For your team and for you as a leader of that team, what for you were some of the big takeaways or lessons learned? Number one, you have to stay calm no, no matter what the situation, what the situation is. It can be a very urgent serious situation. And thank God we, we have not had any, you know, safety issues or anything like that. Right. But I mean, when you're working on big construction sites and you've got heavy machinery and things can happen, but even when they happen, I think as a leader, you have to stay calm and logical. And I think the way that you communicate with people is really important. So even if it's a very urgent, serious matter, communicating with them in a in a calm tone, I think that that will resonate better with them than freaking out and screaming, right? At the same time, same holds true on the flip side of things, right? You don't want to get, you know, you can be excited and celebrate big wins and high fives and all that are great, but there's a certain level of calmness as well with the ups that you might have in a business or that we might have in the in the solar energy industry. So I learned a lot through that experience. I tried to stay calm and, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, that night, uh, it didn't sleep at all. The way it kind of escalated, it was just, it was even hard for me to stay calm, even though I was telling myself uh, to stay calm. And I really think that this situation was a lesson in mediation, not finger pointing and working together to find a solution. You know, progress and change are not achieved by standing still. We must challenge the status quo and do things differently. There are moments in time that change the course of our history, and for us, that time has come, a moment to act now for a brighter solar future. In a global scenario where the demand for renewable energy is constantly growing, solar has the power to shape new and powerful energy models to drive progress and prosperity for a sustainable world. At Suncast, we stand with FEMER, And together we can shape the future of solar. Learn more about how FEMER is changing the future of solar at solar.femer.com. That's solar.femer.com. I've been wondering, what's your least favorite solar asset management activity? You know, those daily, weekly, sometimes monthly deliverables that you just have to check off the list but can be such a drag Well, let me tell you how to press the easy button and get going on the work that really matters by automating your invoicing and ticketing and reporting with PowerHub. 
Focus on the work that you want to do. Take the boring stuff off your plate with PowerHub. You can go to powerhub.com forward slash suncast to learn more. Now, if you've been in the solar industry for any length of time, you know about the famous solar coaster, the ups and downs of the solar business that happen, whether you like it or not. And then you just got to deal with the downtimes as best you can. We just talked about one of those dips in the solar coaster. TJ Innovatus has been through highs and lows, I must imagine. You hire people, you've got a lot of projects going, but what about the moments when inevitably your project pipeline begins to sag or dry up? How do you handle that as a leader? Well, one thing I've learned in my role at Innovative Solar and, and other things I've done professionally now is that you know you always have to be prepared for changes in the marketplace. And there's probably no better example than than the solar industry and you know we we like to call it the solar coaster because there have been a lot of ups and downs those ups and downs deal with the investment tax credit product availability pricing financing the development of projects in in sort of the 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 nimby issues that you might face when when doing utility scale projects so you know one thing i've learned over time is that no matter where you are you know, you have to kind of have a level view of where things are going to go in the future. And you always have to be prepared to pull various levers, right? With those ups and downs, the solar coaster, you know, we've had that happen many times in Innovatus. In, in 2017, the end of 2017, for instance, you know, we started to see the pipeline that we had in place. Those projects were being completed and finished and we had developments that we were working on, but those projects were not you know, coming to fruition in terms of the construction as quick as, as we had hoped. And one of the things that we were really surprised by was you know, the investment tax credit got extended at the end of 2015. We thought that that was going to be a major boost to 2017 because before that, we were actually prepared for the tax credits not getting extended and there to be that drop in 2017. And we were kind of diversifying our revenue and our project mix and even going after projects in other countries to kind of balance that out. But what ended up happening, I think for a lot of developers, EPC companies, was that that demand had kind of pushed forward and a lot of those projects were kind of scheduled to be finished at the end of 2016. And I guess some of them probably you know, pushed on into 17 a little bit. But even though the tax credit got extended, pipelines dried up for a lot of different companies. That happened for Innovatus. So we had to make some really tough decisions and we had to make a lot of budgetary cuts to prepare for what we were doing. But what we tried really hard to do differently at Innovatus was not just to, to lay off, you know, really important team members that had helped build the company and get it to where we were, we wanted to take the approach where, okay, as a team, let's make the appropriate cuts that we need to so that we can all stay here, kind of weather the storm and get to the next stage or get, you know, get to that next part of the ride in the, in the solar coaster. So, you know, we went through our budget and, you know, cut things that were, that were kind of like necessary and, and weren't critical. I mean, a lot of them were things that were important in one way or another, a lot of marketing type expenses. But then, uh, you know, the leadership team, we made 
a tough decision. And we also thought it was a great example to show the rest of the team that leadership team was going to take the biggest cut. So the leadership team took a 25% pay cut across the board. On Tuesdays, we have a Tiger team meeting where it's the entire company for just a 20-minute period of time. And we convey that message. And then, you know, after that, after we, after the leadership team showed its willingness to do this, to keep the team together and to kind of get through this rough patch, then, you know, we asked various team members to make smaller sacrifices. Everybody was on board. You know, here in 2020, I look back and, you know, we've got, we've got that team that kind of worked together through this. TJ, we often have to deal with not only what we think is the apparent truth that the economic downturn is presenting us and the feedback we're getting from the investors, but the reality that we have our eye on the prize, right? Start with the end in mind. I would imagine lots of folks are saying, you got to lay off your team. You decided not to do that. How did that help you preserve culture in the company that you were seeking? And also, were there any upsides to keeping all those folks on instead of just the pain of making it through it and keeping everyone employed? You know, this was obviously a tough time. Tough decisions had to be made. And it quickly brought me back to our company core values, which are passion, engagement, ambition, creativity, and esprit de corps. And I went right to the creativity part of it. And the easy thing to do, and probably more of a traditional business approach would be just go right to layoffs. You do the layoffs and then you can keep certain things rolling the way they are. But the people that we had on our team had helped build the company that existed at that time. And I knew that we needed that team to continue to build the company in the future. So we looked at our budget, you know, got creative with it, spent a lot of time with it. And took, I would say, a little bit more of an unconventional approach into how we could accomplish the budgetary cuts while also keeping the team in place. It was met with some, not, not some, a lot of scrutiny and some disagreements, but collectively with the shareholders, our board, leadership team, and the rest of the company, we, we got through it. We made this decision. We, we made sure to communicate this very clearly with everybody. We were very open about it. And, you know, the, the outcome at the end of the day was that we kept the team in place. We got through it. It really actually just brought everybody closer together and even more loyal uh, to Innovatus. And, you know, from a board perspective, one of our board members, Tim Sutherland, who was very engaged in, in this process, saw that, you know, we were a company that could get through tough times. And, as an energy veteran himself, he knows that in the energy industry, there's a lot of ups and downs. And th that's just inevitable. But he saw, wow, that was impressive. This is a company I'd like to be further involved with. And his company, Middleburg you know, Capital Development, made a larger investment into Innovatus this year. And, and it's helping us grow the financing arm of our, of our company now, which is called Brilliant Capital. So the team is stronger. You know, I've learned personally that it's the tough times that can make you a stronger person. But in this case, it made us all a stronger team. It's probably one of those um, lessons that I'll continue to look back at and make sure that we handle similar situations in the future in a similar way. 
Well, many of you recognize the role of policy and advocacy cannot be understated in this tumultuous industry. And TJ has been such a giver in that arena, and there really was one story in particular I wanted him to tell us about the value of showing up and educating the market participants and doing so without the expectation of an immediate return, which sometimes can have the greatest impact of all. You know, the interesting thing about Innovatus is that since we are based in South Bend, Indiana, when our company was in its first couple of years and starting to grow, there was a little bit of of torture involved because we saw how the, the market was growing on the West Coast and the East Coast. And the Midwest was just moving at a glacial pace. But at the same time, to try to turn that into an opportunity, we knew that if we were out there educating, meeting people, talking to them about solar, you know, sharing with them real stories of what's was happening uh, in the industry, and just continuing to be evangelists of of solar and and how that could benefit utilities, companies, and homeowners. That eventually all that information would stick and things would start to happen. So one story I shared in my book that I still share to this day is a, a CEO of a Indiana utility I met at a rate case. We haven't been involved in a rate case since then. We decided to get involved in this one. And, and the only reason we did was so that we could share information regarding the cost of solar energy at that time. We just kind of heard from some of the utilities, they were sharing data that was, you know, at least 10 years old. And so our goal there wasn't to like force the utility into doing a project with us. It was actually to use it as a platform to educate. And so we went at it with a, with, with a very friendly and engaging approach. I would say I didn't expect what happened to happen, which I basically befriended the CEO. We had some conversations. I think there was just some mutual appreciation. That turned into a couple phone calls, a couple emails, an invitation to a business roundtable in our area with other business leaders, which then actually allowed us to kind of share solar uh, with other businesses in our area. And then that rapport with that utility kind of started to grow. A couple of years later, when that utility decided it wanted to kind of move forward with a couple projects in the multi-megawatt size, uh, we were right there. And we'd had that conversation and we were the first you know, company that they sort of thought of and reached out to. So, you know, it's an example of being at a rate case and, and kind of turning that into an education opportunity, a business relationship friendship that then, you know, years down the road, uh, culminated into actual business being done. And I think a lot of people in the solar industry have similar stories. This always kind of brings me back to the book Grit. There's a lot of grit that is needed to work in the solar energy industry. Solar is becoming more of a mainstream power source. So maybe it's not as extreme as it used to be, but especially for customers who are making that first decision. And if it's a big decision for their organization, you just have to give them time. And I think, you know, uh, if you do the right things, the right things will happen. 
I think this is a good example of just that. Yeah, you're right. It's a very good example of how playing the long game, investing into an adversarial relationship for those who are unfamiliar in many ways in the, in the solar industry, the utility has been pitted against our industry and they're not particularly receptive to the way that we think they should disrupt themselves. And I could imagine this story going a different direction where you, the person providing insight that would benefit your industry might be seen as an adversary, might be seen as someone the CEO would never want to cozy up with, never want to befriend. And I wanted to highlight that story because it is telling of how you chose to be in that situation. You volunteered to be an advocate and you patiently invested that time educating through what I imagine was many, uh, and we didn't discuss it, but many emails and phone calls and slow engagement that ultimately not only wins over the collective to a mindset that can be transitional in terms of how this utility thinks about their power generation needs, but also built a friendship. You never know. This is what I tell people all the time. You never know where your would-be competitor will be working in 10 years or how your would-be competitor can become your collaborator. Oh, yeah. We've had that happen uh, time and time again at Innovatus. And, you know, the companies that you might be working with today can change and can morph and something can go sour. Mm -hmm. But you might be working with those same people again in the future or that same company. It's important to continue to be an advocate. TJ, I always love learning from you and hearing how these war stories not only form and inform how your company grows, but being able to glean these lessons for our solar warriors, for our Suncast tribe, to be able to apply it to their own business and life. Thank you for sharing these with us. Oh, thanks for having me, Nico. It's fun to be able to share these things that were very challenging and in many cases, things at the time I didn't want to share with the general public, but but now going through them, I realize that hopefully it's it's helpful to others in solar that might be going through the same thing. TJ, if someone listening would like to connect with you, seek your mentorship, thank you for informing the way that they can move forward. How would they do that? They can contact me through various social media outlets. My handle on Twitter is at TJKAN, Facebook, TJ Kanchazeski, Instagram, LinkedIn. I'm there and I'm available. So just reach out. Well, as we always do, we'll put the links in the show notes. And I want to make a call out to you, Solar Warrior. Do you have a war story you'd like to tell our Solar Tribe? Do you have insight gleaned from the front lines of battle? Join us in this new series and segment on war stories from the front lines and help us tell your story as well so that others can learn from the mistakes and lessons that we all carry with us that are battle tested and ready to help others grow. All right. All right. Solar Warriors, that was an inspiring half hour. If ever I have produced one, I really enjoy sitting back and chatting with TJ. And as I just said, if you got stories, bring them. Hit me up on LinkedIn, Twitter, directly email Nico at mysuncast.com. Sign up for our newsletter if you're not already, because that's one way that you can be reaching out directly to me and getting one-to-one communication. I've also got another fun way that we'll be able to communicate. I'll, I should have it set up this week and ready to roll by uh, by Christmas. And that is a text number. 
a number that you could text me at and we can have a real chat back and forth conversation if you'd like to do that. Speaking of if you'd like to, if you are eager to keep learning, there are lots of ways you can do that over at mysuncast.com. We link to the resources and highlights from all of our conversations, social media links, book recommendations, and so much more on the blog. And we also share different ways that you can engage with us from coaching to sponsorship to joining one of our private communities. Lots of ways to lean in, take your career to the next level, and we're here to help. So here's from all of us at Suncast to all of you, wherever you might find yourself, wishing you Happy holidays, and if it still isn't Christmas for you yet, as it is at the time of this publishing, then hope that you have a Merry Christmas. And if you're catching up after Christmas, I hope that you have a rockin' new year. Remember, you are what you listen to. Thanks again for showing up, Solar Warrior. It's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs>